it's eight o'clock out here in uh, on the west coast, on the left coast, and you know want to get started right on time. So thank you, everybody. Let me get my little face going here for you. I guess I should uh, take my glasses off again. I have to keep doing that, you know, because I don't want you guys to to know that I need glasses. My, I need my reading glasses or something like that. But I've got my orange cup. It's uh, Thursday morning, 8 o'clock uh, on the West Coast, 11 o'clock back east where it's cold, right? It's cold, and uh, some people are getting some real blasts back there. Uh, but uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. <clears throat> and uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, and uh, let's see. what. It, what is it we're talking about today? Because you know what? Uh, uh, just in case, I, I want to see if any of you, if you were at the workshop, can you raise your hand so that I can uh, see if anybody here was with us? Kim, you were there. Chris? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I remember. Yeah, Chris, you were there. Uh, anybody else? I don't see anybody else raising their hand. I, you know, pardon me if I have my coffee. It's early out here. It's early out here. So, uh, okay, so that's cool because... Uh, um, you know, I'm glad you were there. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us. I hope the workshop was great. Uh, I've heard great things, great feedback from people. Uh, you know, we tried some new things this year, bringing in uh, some other, some outside speakers who really were not related to the trade show world, but we asked them to, uh, 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 we, we asked them to use their expertise and translate it into uh, working at the show, and and I think they just did a great job. So uh, what I want to do is I want to I want to say to you that that the the videos from the workshop are now available on the imts.com website. Uh, if you go to the imts.com website, go to where it says education, click on that, and in the in the drop down box, go down to the exhibitor workshop, um, and then what I think pops up is pictures of all the speakers. Uh, there and then you can pick out who you want to listen to and if you just click and and I think once you click like if you click on my face then it takes you into the programs that I did but it also lists the other programs then you can go and watch and and watch them the thing to think about is that with the uh, uh, the keynotes were all about an hour I think mine was 45 minutes uh, and then the breakouts are all 30 25 to 30 minutes so uh, that's really kind of how how you can look at it but uh, certainly I would encourage you to go uh, watch those, uh, especially mine, as far as having a background for what we're talking about in this series. You know, I call it the 400% series because that was what I, I said. That was my my big promise uh, at the uh, at the workshop was that uh, was that I my objective for you as exhibitors. Uh, uh, is to generate a you know I really want to push you to look at generating a minimum of 400 percent either 400 percent in a return on it, on your investment or even a 400 percent increase over what you've done in the past now that's a huge promise on my part but what that means is that I need you to really think hard about some of these areas that I'm I'm talking about uh, that are going to help you be more successful at at the show so uh, so I'm actually calling this even though on the on the I think on the website this was called um, from Minneapolis hey Melissa nice to see you and uh, is it 50 degrees were you here yesterday too Melissa um, and uh, <laughs> thanks 
Thanks, Mary, for loving my cup. Yeah, uh, I'm actually calling this part four because I'm saying what I'm saying is that the uh, the three programs that I did at, at the workshop, I did the four hundred, I did the four hundred percent general session, then I also did a program just on on how to use Passport, and then I also did a program about social media, and I'm going to kind of say that those were parts one, two, and three into all of this stuff, and. Uh, uh, and if you were not on the session yesterday, and but but apparently several of you were on the session yesterday, that's great. You know, I went into more depth about the discussion about how to hunt moose. And if you did not, you can you can either watch the 400% session that I did at the workshop, or you can watch yesterday's session, which is now available. Uh, um, and uh, if you don't have the link to that, I can send it to you uh, afterwards. But if you go to the website at IMTS, you can get that, and you can go watch the uh, the, the workshop. So also, as as always, we uh, we record this, and as you notice, like I did yesterday, for those of you that were there, instead of having a Q and A, a blind Q and A where you can't see what's going on, I'm I, I'm leaving the chat open. So if you guys want to chat with each other uh, and say, "Boy, that Steve is sure full of it," uh, then you know, please go right ahead and do that. But let's kick let's get right into this because I want to. Uh, um, I want to go more in depth into the uh, the moose metaphor. Is that what it is? Is it analogy or metaphor? Be like a moose. I think that's a metaphor, right? And uh, uh, and I want you to to because when I when I'm talking to people and I start using the terms like target market and prospect and lead and everything like that, you know, there are a lot of different a lot of different pictures could go into some in, into somebody's head. What I've learned is that if I if uh, when I started to use the hunting moose. Um, any English majors here? Help me out. Is it a metaphor? Is it an analogy? Um, it's a meta-analogy. Uh, and uh, when I started using this with clients, I started noticing that they were able to gra immediately grasp it and hold on to it much easier, so that they, so that everybody was talking the same language. So, uh, you know, if you, if you don't totally get what I'm talking about with the moose, then uh, you know, please go back and watch that stuff. But it's certainly going to be great here today, anyway. So, here's the question I'm going to ask you guys, and I would like to see you guys come back with some responses to this. What is your top objective for the show? Let me give you some suggestions here. Do you, are you going to be going? Are you going to IMTS to write orders, to get post-show appointments? Are you going to get leads? Uh, for the for from the show, are you going to uh, get current? You know, meet primarily meet with current customers, build a database, brand awareness. What is your top objective for IMTS? Go ahead. And let me let me see what you got there. Okay, we're, obviously you're seeing leads. I think I'm. I I think that that's typically the one that most people would say that they're going to get. Um, and uh, somebody else chime in here besides Melissa and Mary. You know, I know that they're going to. They're going to participate uh, and uh, and share with me what you would say your top objectives are. Uh, one of the reasons why I always I, I do ask that question, especially when I'm I'm working with a corporation, uh, and uh, regardless of uh, uh, so networking and leads, uh, uh, so regardless of uh, whether they're whether the tool that they're using is some is something else. You know, a trade show is just a tool. That's all it is. It's one of the media that you can use to go after your target market. And, uh, uh, you know, it should always be, you should always have a measurable objective. You should always know exactly what you're doing. So, you see, if we think about it from that perspective, uh, that's how we have to, that's how we define the return on investment, is by knowing in advance what we're out there to accomplish. Now, one of the things, now, now here's the situation, and here's how I want, uh, you know, I want you to look at it like this perspective, is that, you know, we have 48 hours at 
IMTS. That's basically, that's what we've got. We've got six days, eight hours a day, 48 hours. And during that time, you know, we want to maximize that amount of time as best as we possibly can because most of us are, are putting in a significant investment. It's, you know, trade shows are not cheap. They, they are expensive. Now, as, as if we use a, an example uh, of somebody, and I would say that this is a, an example of a smaller exhibitor, is that let's say the investment, let's say your total investment in going to IMTS. Now, that, that, this includes you know, the space, the booth, you know, uh, um, you know, any type of uh, setting up or labor. Well, of course, that would probably be in your, um, you know, your block pricing. But um, uh, to, uh, uh, to, what else? Oh, transportation, you know, uh, expenses, hotel. Uh, you know, the time that people are there, they're getting paid uh, to do that. So you've got that. If you did any pre-show promotions, you've got that. The time that you spent in, in, you know, in advance, you've got that. So, you know, so to say that uh, a company might spend $25,000 to be there, that, that would kind of be near the, the low end. Now, certainly there's some that are probably going to be lower, but I would, suggest that, I would suggest that the vast majority of exhibitors at IMTS are, are, are investing uh, far more than $25,000. But I'm going to use this number as an example. And Mary, you, may, you make a real interesting point here about also to have enough sales after the show to at least break even on total show costs. And I'm going to tell you, Mary, that, that that's, a, that's something that my dad used to do going to trade shows. He used to say that he would try to write orders either at the show or immediately after the show to help pay for the trade show. And I don't like that. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. You know, you and I are close enough. We, we, we know each other well enough that I, I can sort of say that. Um, you know, I don't think you should do any marketing tool that doesn't bring a return bring a positive return on investment. And when I say 400%, I'm absolutely dead serious here, okay? I'm not looking for just getting my, my costs back. I am looking for an absolute return on investment. Every single marketing tool should be able to do that. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and if, if it's not doing that, then there are, there are a number of things, number of factors to look at. But that's why we're going through this process here of, uh, of sharing information with you guys about how to do this. But let's just say that uh, <laughs> that's right, Mary. <laughs> it's okay, everybody. Mary and I. Uh, she's in Sun River, Oregon, and we've known each other for a long time. And she's a, she's a, uh, you know I, I'm going to say she's an old client of mine, but I don't want to insinuate that she's old. Okay, I'm old. We've we've worked together for a long time. Uh, um, so anyway, so if your objective, so if your investment at and you notice I don't say cost, but if your investment at uh, IMTS is $25,000, that comes out, if we break it down into the 48 hours down to per minute, then your cost of being there, your investment of being at IMTS is $8.68 per minute. So now you, when you think about that, you think, okay, every single minute you are at IMTS, if you are not generating above $8.68, then you are you, you have just give, handed somebody that money is really what you've done. And so if we break it down into that perspective, we might, we might want to say to ourselves, well, okay, well, I can do that. I can accomplish that. Uh, uh, I, I can do 9 bucks a minute or you know, $10 a minute. And if you, if you keep that in mind while you're doing this, then it might help you to be a little more successful. Now, let's start with this. Now, we know that the 114147 was the total attendance at the 2014 event. But do we have 114,147 uh, possible customers walking in there? And the answer, of course, we all know is no, we don't. 
And the uh, the the way I look at uh, at this is that it's not just that we know that there aren't 114. We don't have 114,000 uh, potential customers in there, but it wouldn't matter if they if we did because because we are restricted and constricted uh, by uh, our own by by the time that we have at the show and by our own resources that we have at the show. So like for example, see, and this is this is the formula that I use I've, I've used for years. If you're not familiar with it, you can take a look at this and you can actually fill in your own numbers here and see how it would work. And let's start at the top, okay? So we know that there's total show hours of 48. So this for so this example of this particular company. And it's a small company. You notice that I've got in there that they have they only have two staffers working each hour on average during the show. So we know that's typically a smaller exhibitor, you know, a, a 10 by 10 or, or possibly a 10 by 20 or something like that. They might only have two people working. Uh, but if we only have two people working, then that means that we have a total of 96 staff hours at the show. Now, the question is how many quality conversations can we have during each hour, you know, on average during each hour? And uh, the the, national, the the average length of a conversation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just put go ahead and put this out rather than ask you guys. If I were to ask, if I were to ask you how long the average conversation is at a at a trade show, the vast majority of exhibitors are going to tell me, you know, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, something like that. But if I go to if I go to the attendees, the attendees see it from a different perspective. When I say, "How long is the average conversation for you?" See, they think in terms of uh, of that they are having a good conversation, that they're having a quality conversation. And and for them, when you ask the attendees how long that conversation is, it's it's almost 15 minutes is the average. Okay. And if you think about it, when you do have a quality conversation with somebody, uh, then yeah, it's more than three or four minutes. Of course it is. You know, three or four minutes, you can barely introduce yourself to each other, right? And uh, and the objective is to have quality conversations. That's the objective. If we don't have quality conversations, then nothing meaningful is going on in there. And if all we do is we do a hit and run where somebody comes in and says, you know, and, and you know, and we just go, uh, well, hey, here's our stuff. Let me just show this to you really quickly. Uh, let me scan your badge, and we'll follow up with you after the show. And you do a hit and run like that. Well, that doesn't really mean very much. Uh, uh, we want we want to have meaningful quality conversations with people, and we want them to be able to say, yeah, we want, I want you to follow up with us after the show. So if we think in terms of that a quality conversation, we'll just use that average of 15 minutes, then, uh, then at best, at best, if we are 100% effective, then that means that we would be able to have four quality conversations per hour. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay, we know that. We know that there's going to be there are going to be uh, uh, times where it's it's slower, where traffic uh, you know traffic ebbs and flows during the show. That's the way it works. Uh, it ebbs and flows during the show. Um, we know that we are going to have uh, uh, conversations with people that are not they do not fit the profile of our moose of our target market. Uh, we know that we're going we're we're going to have people come in, uh, you know, other exhibitors, old friends, or something like that that come in and kind of take up a little bit of our time. And remember, every minute, every minute that somebody non-qualified that you're talking to somebody non-qualified or you're not doing anything, you're you're just kind of throwing eight dollars and sixty-eight cents out the window. Uh, and so so 
a, a very, very good number, in my opinion, is to average two quality conversations per hour. That's, I think that's very, very good. Now, what that means then is, uh, is it, you know, and I guess I should get my little arrow up here. So what that means is that if I have these two people working during the show and they have two quality conversations per hour, then they're going to they're gonna come up with 192 quality conversations after the show, all right? But now, uh, I mean, uh, quality conversations at the show. But now, uh, now the next step in the relationship building process is to identify, of those conversations, is to identify people that you are going to have some type of post-show uh, contact with. Now, if your objective is to write orders at the, at the show, well, then your objective, that's what your objective is, is right there, is to sign those orders. If your objective is, is post-show appointments, is to uh, identify a lead, and, I will, and, and I'm going to very, very carefully uh, make sure I, you understand there's a difference between a prospect and a lead. I talked about this yesterday, but I'm going to just briefly go over it again today uh, be, uh, before we get more in-depth into this stuff. Uh, but if, if you have 192 con uh, conversations at the show, uh, and typically people will say that they they get 20 to 30 percent of those to uh, to make some type of request some type of follow-up after the show. So let's say 30 percent, and that means that after the show, uh, this this particular company would have 58 post-show communications. So that's kind of saying like handing you 58 leads, all right? And then the question is, okay, you know, what percentage of those leads would you expect to close? after the show. And the the national average, so you know, typically if you hand somebody uh, 10 and what, it, what would be called as 10 prospects, uh, not necessarily these, but 10 prospects, uh, uh, that the national average for closing is 10%. All right? And so if we have 10%, that means that roughly uh, this company would could expect to write six orders as a result of being at being at, at the show. Uh, and now let's, and then the, the, you take it one step further and you say, okay, if we want to put a number, on, a dollar number figure on this, then you would say, well, our average customer, you know, in this particular case, maybe they spend $10,000 in their lifetime, uh, you know, with, with us, and that means that as a result of being at the show, we would, we would get $60,000 in return. Now, I want, to for, I want to quadruple that is what I want to do. But the main thing to know, and you can put your own numbers in here, the main thing to realize in here is that, in my opinion, the most important numbers are these. It's the quality conversations per hour and the total number of quality conversations that you have at the show. And the key word here is quality. The key word here is quality. Because even if I don't, even if I can't change these two numbers, all right, then, then it, if the quality of my conversation is high, is higher than it typically has been in the past, then my expectation is that I would have a higher close rate as far as post-show action steps, okay? So I would want that to go up. I would want that 30% to go up. And here's how, here's how I, I look at it, all right? It's, it's almost like when you talk about the 114,000 people that are there at the show, and that includes exhibitors and press and, you know, I mean, everybody, right? Uh, and... Uh, you know, a, a very strong percentage of that, uh, about a little over half, are actually the the buyer population. I'll show you that here in a second. Uh, but you can kind of look at it like you're out there in the forest, all right? And we know that somewhere in the forest are the moose that we're looking for, all right? But they are only one of the animals that are in the forest. 
and this is and IMTS is this big forest of animals, and they're all walking in. They're walking in the front door of McCormick Place. They're walking down the aisles, and among those people walking down the aisles are the moose. Okay, but there's still a lot of other animals walking by us as as, uh, as, as, as they come down the aisles. Well, you know if uh, you know, if we look at it, and for those of you that saw it yesterday, and those of you that workshop, you saw my marketing diamond, okay? And you know, talking about the market today, and getting into more more in depth definition of the market today, essentially what we're talking about is we want the moose, and we just want the moose to stop in our booth. That's it. I don't want anybody else to stand it to, to, to walk into my booth. So if I were to put it, to, so if I were to put it to you this way. If I were to say to you that I, I would hand you 10 qualified leads, and I'll show you the definition of that here in just a second, but if I were to hand you 10 qualified leads, what percentage would you expect to close uh, you know, later on, you know, at, you know, a, after the show? Now, like I said, the national average for closing on, con you know, on prospects is 10%, and that you know, is 10% of, of, of contacts are closed and become sales. But I maintain that if I am able to deliver to you a high-quality uh, moose, a high-quality lead, then your, your closing percentage should go up. And it should go up significantly. All right? And let me explain to you what I mean by that. Is that see, a qualified lead is a prospect who shows clear interest in your company's product or service. The three important words here are, are that it is a qualified lead. A qualified lead is a prospect. Remember I said there's a difference between a prospect and a lead. But you want your you you want a prospect who then shows interest. Okay? That's the two that's the two big things there is that you've got to understand that. You know, I went over this a little bit yesterday, but you know, here's how this works, okay? The definition of your prospect is somebody who fits the profile. All right. That's what they do. They fit the profile, uh, and uh, you know, and in that, in that, you know, you're gonna, you know, and I'll sh I'll show you some other, you know, how to approach this in just a minute. Okay. But number one is that they fit the profile. Now, all that means is they are a prospect. It does not mean they are a lead. Okay. So if I hand you ten prospects, your per your closing percentage is going to be lower. But if I hand you ten prospects who have who who fit the profile of your target market. And they they have a level of interest. Okay, they either have shown a uh, past behavior, maybe of uh, using your type of product or service, or they might have, or in the conversation that you have with them, they show an interest in your product or service. Uh, they have an acknowledged need for your product or service, and this is really really important because we need to recognize that. Um, you know, somebody might fit the profile of our target market, but they might never acknowledge that they have a need for our product or service. You know, we might think, and, it, and we all do. We think every we think everybody who fits our profile needs our product or service. In fact, I'll give you a great example of that. You need me, and you you know, right now you're getting me for free, but you need me a lot more than this. You need me to sit down with you, and you need to hire me to fly in and sit down with you and go over your marketing plan and help you develop your strategy and your branding and everything like that. You need me, all right? But you see, but you see not, not all of you agree with that, all right? All right? Mary does. <laughs> Mary does. But, uh, you know, the rest of you, not everybody agrees with that. So, 
So if I, even though you might fit the profile of my target market, you know, I can't come in there and just say, you need me, right? Because you're going to go, no, I don't. No, I don't. It's no different than to say, you know, I mean, how many of you, uh, you know, raise your hand if you need and you know you need a new car right now. Go ahead and raise your hand. I want to see how many, what percentage of people do that. While, I, while I'm waiting to hear, waiting to see that, I'm going to take a sip of coffee here. Huh. Nobody raised their hand. Nobody, nobody needs a new car. Okay, but now imagine if I am a car salesperson and I and I happen to meet with you and I and I say, you know what, you fit the profile. You're somebody who you're somebody who is exactly like all of my other customers out there, you know. And you know, so so you need my car. You don't, but you you know what, that person is never going to sell you a car, right? Because right now you don't need a car, but when you do need a car, now you have interest. All right, that's an acknowledged need, and that's a, that's an important distinction to remember when you're when you're uh, you know promoting your business. So when we look at the forest, you know, then we want to make sure that we're not having this. We don't want this to happen in our booth. You know, if we if whether it's through pre-show promotion, whether it's through our messaging, whether it's through our product, our our, our display at the show, or something like that, we don't want it to, to. We don't want this to happen where we have ten attendees come into our booth. And you know, and and start to start a conversation with us. And of those ten attendees, only two of them, only two of them are moose. In other words, only two of them fit the profile of our target market. Because you know, another thing to think about is that the other animals might show an interest. They might just have an interest just because they're curious, and they come in and they say, "Yeah, I'm really curious. Tell me about this." Okay, that's an interest in your product or service, but they don't fit the profile of your target market. So, so you know, when that's the case, then, you know, if, you, if, it, if this is how it works at IMTS for you, is that for every 10 people who walk into your booth, only two of them fit the profile, then you ask yourself the question, well, uh, well if only two of them fit the profile, well, what percentage of those 10 am I going to, you know, can I expect to be able to set up some type of post-show action? And, and the thing is, is that it's only going to be a percentage of the two, all right? So if you got both of those moose to agree, it's still only 20% of the 10. So that's why it's so important to attract the right attendee into your booth. And you don't want to do things that attract all the animals in the forest. So see, so when we talk, when we when we're going to be talking about pre-show promotion, we're going to be talking about advertising. We're going to, be, you know, in future webinars, we'll be talking, you know, especially pre-show. Pre-show is huge for you guys, uh, and especially if you're smaller companies, it's huge for you guys. Uh, and you know, we'll be talking about uh, signage in your booth. We'll be talking about the staff and how they're communicating with people in the booth. If you are doing things, if you're having giveaways, if you're having contests, if you are doing things that attract all of the animals in the forest, well, then uh, you know, then all the animals are going to come and see you, right? And uh, and and if they do, then you are making your job harder, and you are you're going to diminish. You're going to lower the potential return on on the investment. That that you can have. Our objective is our objective. The perfect objective is to have just moose walk into our booth, and we want to have a lot of moose come into our booth. Obviously, we want to set it up to where we are busy during the 48 hours, during the 2,880 minutes, you know, at the show. 
That's what we want to have that. We want to have lots and lots of moose coming into our booth because we want the moose to be attracted to, to our booth, to be attracted by the messaging, be attracted by the bait, which we'll be talking about next time. And, uh, uh, and we want the other animals to say, when they see our messaging, when they see whatever it is that we put out there as messaging uh, in pre-show, uh, in uh, you know, our signings at the show, anything like that, any type of messaging in advance or at the show, that they say, they say, oh, that's not for me. You know, that's that's I I have no. There's nothing about that that uh, I need to go talk to them about. I'm you know I need to go on and find find somebody else. So let's start with the easy question. See, here is the easy. This is you know this is the easy question. You know, when I'm sitting down with companies, I go, okay, let's talk about this. Okay, what defines your best prospect? Now, uh, you know. You know, let's let's really get in. Let's get into uh, what this might ac actually be. All right. Number one is: Do you have? Uh, does your bre your best prospect have something? You know, is it a regional type of looking for? Uh, is it? Uh, are you looking for a specific industry? Uh, uh, you know, it, you know that you that you work in. Is there a particular plant size maybe that's working? But I mean, what is their job function? Uh, what is their buying role? Okay, and then of course, you know, if you're talking about exhibiting at IMTS, I mean, are they even going to be attending IMTS? And you want to communicate with these people in advance and, and try to identify them as best as you possibly can. Now, you might you might intuitively already know who these people are, but what I, what I find to be very very helpful is to sit down and actually answer these questions. You know, sit down and just say, okay, here's here is the profile of my target market, the profile of my moose. And I call it, because I call this the easy question, I refer to this as kind of the tangible answers to, to the qualified lead question. Because I want to turn, you know, because somebody who fits this is now my prospect. But then I'm also going to want to turn them into, uh, um, in, into leads. Now, uh, you know, for those of you that have been on before or you saw me at the workshop, you know, I'm a big proponent of the uh, uh, of the AMT of the IMTS exhibitor passport, and I'm just going to use this for this particular example right now. And if you were in, if you were a subscriber to Passport, which I certainly encourage you to do, uh, um, I think it's well worth its money. See, so then when you go in here, now for example here, I'm going to I'm going to use my little arrow again. You know, for example here, we're looking at uh, you know this this is the attendance registration. Uh, uh, for 2014. Now they have started to register people for 2016, and uh, um, you know, and so we're starting to see those start to come in, and those are also part of this of the passport. But right now we've got 59. You know, in 2014 there were 59,188 uh, um, buyers coming, uh, registered professional buyers coming to the show. All right. Uh, I think as of this morning, I think they've already got. Um, I think I saw it was 1,049 uh, that had registered as of as of this morning. Uh, but you notice that doubt that in in Passport, you know, they have all these uh, um, these filters that you can go in. So, like what I was talking about is that you could, um, you know, you could set it up. The way that uh, I talked about it is that you could, you know, like, you know, let's say, let's say it's, uh, you know, your, your industry is that you, you work in the aerospace industry. Let's say that you are looking for uh, work holding, uh, you know, companies who are just in work holding. 
Uh, and I uh, see I'm going to skip down here to uh, uh, let's say uh, buying role. Uh, whoops, I didn't I didn't do that. So anyway, but you see I could change these. I could I could change this down the 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 plant size. I could change to the job function to their buying role. Do they expect to be at at, at the show? But when I when I apply these filters in Passport. Then what I know, and hope, and you can you can do you don't have to have passport. I just think it makes it easier for you. But you could just you could see that right there, that that 884 people fit that profile. So those are your top profiles, right there. And and so you say, okay, those are the people that I want to communicate with, uh, uh, in advance and at the show because they're going to be walking through, and they're probably going to be walking through the pavilion you're in. You know, because that's the, the you're in the pavilion you're supposed to be in, and if you're looking for you know if you're work holding you know doing work holding you know pardon my ignorance okay uh, in the aerospace industry then those people should be walking through. But number one, you want to try to communicate with them in advance, and number two, you want to try to get them in uh, to see you at the show. Now, if you remember, uh, you know I said that if you have two you know if it was the company I used as the example, if there are two people working in the booth and they have two quality conversations per hour, that means that they're going to have 192 quality conversations. Well, there are 884 of these people, who, of, of my moose, uh, you know, who are uh, you know, um, walking down the aisles, and I want them to have me on their agenda before the show, before the show starts. I want them to you know, stop in my booth when they are at the show, and I would love to have all 884 of them you know, come into my booth, and that would be my objective. And so, I would want to communicate with those 884 people as best as I possibly can in advance, so that they know I'm exhibiting at IMTS, and that and they will come to see me at IMTS. And so, so my my messaging, the bait that I'm going to offer for them, the language I'm using to talk to them, and I'll talk about that later. But I call it dog whistle language, right? You know, when you blow a dog whistle, only dogs can hear the whistle. Right, and that's the idea. Is you want to use language, you want to use messaging, and you want to use bait that only the moose can can hear or see or something like that. So that of the 884, as many of them as possible are going to come to see you at the show, and that is going to make for a very very effective effective event. So uh, uh, so that's the profile, okay? But now here's the hard question. Here is here, here's the hard question, this, and this is the question, and, and, and I call it the intangible uh, um, uh, question, uh, and that is, what problems do you solve for your marketplace? Think about what problems do you, do you take care of? What, what you know, do you save time for people? Do you save money you know, for people? Do you, uh, do you present some opportunities for them that they wouldn't have without your product or service? Now you notice that these are not, uh, and when you're communicating with people, you you never want to communicate about how great your product is, and oh, my product is this, and my product does that, and it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. No, you want to say, hey, you're looking for a solution to this problem. You know, does this, you know, does this take too much time? Okay, would you like to have an answer? Would you like to save time? If you could, if you could take, like I, uh, I'm working with one uh, um, software company right now that works in the um, uh, portable storage industry. Okay, so you're talking about like containers and units that, that are, that are uh, used as, you know, for portable storage, 
right? And uh, one of the things that they do is they help these companies in that industry to uh, manage their books, manage their their inventory, know where all their products, are, you know, where all the products that their inventory is at any one time, things like that. And they have determined, they have determined that when that the biggest problem their customers have is number one is is it takes too much time to manually handle this stuff, and number two is that they lose these trailers, they lose these storage units, you know, because they're manually trying to keep track of where they are. And, and, these, and small companies might have a few hundred storage units, and they could be all over the place. And what they've determined is that, is that they can, they, their software will help somebody. It you, might have taken somebody, on average, uh, at least an entire day to update all of their information manually that their software cuts it down to less than one hour. So that is a tremendous selling asset, but it's based on the pain of taking too much time. And so that's how they say, of taking too much time and of, of losing, losing trailers and stuff like that, missing inventory. And so they promote, you know, they, they go to their marketplace by promoting the message of, do you ever, you know, you know do you take too much time? Does it take uh, eight hours? To manage your inventory, does it take? Uh, have you ever lost lost inventory in the past? And so that's the so so. Like I say, that's what I call the intangible part. Is that that is the bait that the moose are going to be looking for? Which we will, like I say, we will be talking about that. But the idea is that if I can identify those, either the problems or the challenges or the time or the money or the opportunities, things like that, that the moose already acknowledge it's in their head they already know it's like i say it's like i say you know like let's say you know your car finally it breaks down you know it's got 120,000 miles on it. i mean i shouldn't say that cuz like, you know there are a lot of cars out there that are great that have 120,000 miles on them but let's say at some point your you know your car starts to wear out and you know and you take it in for servicing and it's a couple thousand bucks and you know and all of a sudden the conversation going on in your mind is is you know what I really should I really should get a new car, you know uh, I should get another car, and at that moment, at that moment, you know I call it the lightning bolt coming out of the sky. Uh, um, um, Google calls it the zero moment of truth. Is that, is that at that moment those people now say, yeah I've got a problem, or yeah I've got a situation, or I've got something you know I'm spending too much money or something like that. And at that moment when they then when they see a message that says hey, um, do you have this problem? That's dog whistle language, okay? And at that moment, then when, when I'm communicating with the moose, then we want the moose, and remember, the moose is, is, is that's, they are prospects because they fit the profile. The moose means they fit the profile. But now we want them to show a level of interest. So we want them to raise their hoof, right? And we want them to raise their hand and say, oh, yeah, I am interested. I have this challenge. I have this problem. And so that's what we want them to do. We want them to raise their hoof. So I am not interested in 114,000 people. I'm not interested in 59,000 people coming, you know, that are coming through the show. I am only interested in 884 people. That is all I am interested in. And if I can focus on them, if I can, if I can get my entire focus on those people in advance, yeah, you know, because because if my top objective is to generate new leads at the show, then that's where my new leads are going to come from. They're not going to come from the squirrels and the birds and the you know the snakes or something like that. My new leads are going to come from this 884 
you know, th- these people. So when I talk about that, see, if I now can, can uh, really, really hone in on attracting the exact right moose who are coming to the show, then, you know, then when I, uh, then when I, I do that, even if I only still have two, you know, two quality conversations per hour, even if I only have, you know, I mean, I don't mean only, but even if my number is just 192 uh, of total quality conversations, the level of that quality, the quality is the key word again, the level of that quality is much, much higher. And so therefore, I would expect that I would close more than 30%. And when I mean close at the show, close at the show means I am going to get them to agree to move on to, the, to a next step in the relationship building process. Is in and uh, you know in in our programs here we're going to be talking about that is you know what is that next step? But for example, maybe your next step is that you are going to have an, a, a a personal appointment with them at their shop or at their factory or at their offices or something like that. And that uh, that you 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 know that the close is the close for post show is to set that appointment and come and go see them. And I would expect that if uh, you know if you are doing that then you should be able to get a higher percentage of post show contacts you know what if you're able to increase that to 40% or 50% that makes a significant difference in a di- so so that would increase your total post show contacts afterwards and then you're closing again if i hand you 10 highly qualified you know, prospects, you know, who, who, be, who identify themselves as prospects, raise their hoof, they now identify themselves as leads, then what percentage of people who fit the profile, if I hand you 10, what percentage would, who fit the profile and have indicated uh, an interest in your product or service, you know, wh- what percentage will you close? Well, I maintain, and in fact, you know, the, in, in my work with my clients, I've seen clients that go, and, and I mean, I know it's incredible, but I've seen clients that went as high as 80% in their close rate. You know, I mean, just something as simple as, uh, you know, for example, and I talked about my church yesterday, and that they have a private school, a private Christian school at their church. And in their marketing, one of the things that we have determined is that, is that uh, if we get people to come and take a tour of the school, and, that, and that's what we determined. That's what we determined, because if somebody wants to take a tour of their school, the number one, you know, we've identified them as a moose, so they fit the profile of our target market, but by, by setting an appointment to come and take a tour at the school, they now show a high level of interest, all right? And we have found that their closing rate is something like 90% of the people who take a tour at the school end up signing their, their child or children to be students in the next in the next year. So so the the big stuff is that you're going to end up when you when you go after a highly qualified moose, then you're going to have a higher percentage of post show contacts. You're going to have a closing rate of of higher than ten percent. I mean, just think about it. Even if you only have thirty or forty percent close rate, well, you've already you know you've already you know magnified multiplied your results. Uh, tremendously, because that's going to then end up, you know, having higher, you know, you know, higher projected sales. Uh, and if your lifetime value stays the same, it, obviously that ends up being the uh, the lifetime sales. So, 
So that's the importance. You know, some people were saying, well, we already get it. We understand we, we need to find moose. And I say, no, we need to, you need to really understand why this is important, is that it's really, really important that you're not focusing on, you know, that if you are this company, the example I'm using right here, that you're not focusing on 114,000 people. You're not focusing on 59,000 people. You're focusing on 884 people. And you want to pull out all the stops in advance of IMTS to get them to agree to come and see you at the show. That's the important thing. So let's see what questions you might have. Uh, let's see. Um, see and, and Mary, as you can see now, based on this, see, this is why I would say that uh, I am not looking for break-even. I am looking for ROI. I'm looking for ROI. I'm looking for 400% ROI, you know, four times what I've done in the past, uh, you know, because I'm going to go in and I'm going to pull out all the stops to get those people to come in and see me at the show. And then, you know, and, and then here's the thing, is if you've got qualified prospect, I mean, a qualified lead, if you have somebody who has fit the profile and has a level of, uh, of interest and your closing rate is low, if your closing rate is only 10% or 20%, it's not the process, it's not the moose's fault. Okay, it's not the moose's fault because the moose is the moose is going to find a find a solution to their problem. And if you have not if you have not solved that problem for them, then either uh, either the uh, uh, the prospect uh, um, either you have misidentified your moose or the offer that you're making isn't right. You know, or maybe it, maybe they are only looking. Maybe they're saying, no, I'm not going to decide today, but I'm going to decide in 30 days or 60 days or something like that, uh, or I'm not interested right now. And too many companies, when they hear that, they just stop. They never talk to that person ever again. And that person, yet that person will go out and find another answer uh, for them if you don't. So, um, so, the, so again, it's really, really important to understand who your moose are, you know, what is the profile, and what would be what would be something that would cause them to to have a high interest and want and co want and come to see you at IMTS? And that's what we're going to continue to work on uh, each month as we go along. Uh, and I encourage you to uh, um, to stay on top of this. I encourage you to uh, ask as many questions as possible. Uh, you, you know, next month uh, I'll be talking about the message. Uh, and actually, I think uh, next I think one of the programs next month is the uh, uh, is about social media advertising, and if you're not using social media advertising and retargeting, then uh, um, then wow, you're missing a tremendous opportunity. So I hope you join me join me there. Now I can see that some people are typing, uh, and so I'm going to kind of kill a little bit of time here. Again, you know, we're going to talk about this next month. We're going to uh, talk about the bait, the uh, the way the messaging goes out, or whatever the bait is that gets them to want to come come to see you. And of course, if you have any questions, you are certainly welcome to contact me here. So let's see what we got. Sorry, I got to put my glasses. Got to put my glasses. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. We try to um, generate quality leads through our attendance. However, we, we've not done a good job with our strategy. 2016. First time we'll be using Express. Uh, we have high hopes of generating more leads than in the past. And you will, Chris, if you, uh, if you follow this, this path that we're helping you with, you will. And also, uh, again, like I say, don't uh, um, you, you, got, you guys don't have to go it alone. You know, we're uh, as as uh, uh, Michelle Edmondson likes to say, uh, and in that uh, you know we're here to help you. Okay, and uh, alone, if you you know alone, obviously 
if you, you know, and I, I would love to work with you, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, um, you know, overall, but, you know, AMT, IMTS is paying me to help you here. They're paying me to help you here. And uh, so we want to help you, and I'm going to give you everything I got. Uh, I will never hold anything back. So uh, let's see. So thanks, Steve, uh, Mary. Oh, appreciate that. Thank you very much, Mary. And, and I'm glad that you will do that. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, you know, and this is a process. This is definitely a process for everybody. And uh, uh, and and AMT does, is is. You know, I mean, I, I work with corporations and uh, organizations like AMT around the world, and, and uh, I have never seen an organization who was as dedicated to helping their exhibitors succeed as, as AMT. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's tremendous to be a part of that team, and I, I'm uh, greatly appreciative of, of uh, their confidence in me to be here for you guys. So, um, so with that, uh, I am going to uh, cut us off. All right. You know, I see some more people are typing some stuff right now. But uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, be sure to watch for all the stuff that we're sending out to you guys. You know what? If you, you know, um, the, the, the website has got a ton of information on it. You know, I'll have, I'll be sending out more information. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, thank very, we thank you guys very, very much. So with that, let's see. Uh, looking more about finding out more. Yep, moose hunt, moose. Keep, keep thinking about that. And, uh, again, thanks a lot for joining me today. This is Steve Miller, better known as Kelly's dad. And always remember, make sure that you are uncopyable. See you next time.